0: Everybody, Alex Shaw with your uh, Scott Risk Matters podcast. Jimbo Redman on the line, Shalonda mm-hmm. Gonzalez, and uh, Arlene Lee from R.E. Lee Companies, back for a second, uh, second episode. How are you all?
1: We're doing fine, thank you. How are you?
0: Good. How are things in, uh, how are things in Charlottesville? How's work and um, jobs, and what, is, what does life look like for you all with uh, kind of the new paradigm we're operating in?
1: You know, we're chugging along smoothly. It's, um, there's definitely been bumps in the road, but overall we're, our projects are going along. They're going forward. Um, we're, we're happy with what's out in front of us. Um, kind of rainy this week, but that's, that's the the daily beast. <laughs>
0: yeah, definitely. Well, what, before we get too deep, um, why don't you guys, if you don't mind, share a little bit about, um, our elite companies and, um, and, and also about yourselves. So, a little bit about you all, Um, Arlene, you could tease a little bit about your, your, your passion for horses and, um, and Shalom, if you could take the opportunity to brag on, um, brag on your kids, maybe your daughter's uh, musical talent.
2: (laughs) Sure. I always love talking about my kids. Well, depends. (laughs) Sometimes I love complaining about my kids. Sometimes I love talking about my kids, but yes, I do have a senior. Um, It's been an interesting time for her, but um, we're still finding good ways to celebrate this new phase in her life, and she is a very talented young lady. She gets it all from her dad, definitely not me. Um, She's a talented musician and singer and has found a lot of ways to um, have outlets for that. Here in Charlottesville, we're very lucky to have a thriving theater community, and so she's been involved in a lot of projects. She had an opportunity to um, do an internship that's kind of been on pause for right now, given the current public health situation. But she's looking forward to maybe starting that back up in the fall. And she's going to be attending um, Piedmont Community College starting in August. So she's got a lot of things. Yeah,
1: she's looking forward to.
0: That's exciting. Yeah, congratulations to you too.
1: Thank you. So I'm here at R.E. Lee Lee Companies. We are 81 years old. Our original company is R.E. Lee & Son. Uh, They do a lot of general contracting and CM work. Um, From there, we grew into the structure of a parent company, and we currently have five subsidiaries. And we have three trade contractors in um, drywall, metal framing, concrete, and waterproofing.
0: Hmm. And you guys have been a um, um – You guys have been a part of as kind of an aside, but maybe maybe it's actually not an aside at all. Maybe it's pretty centric to this conversation to part of the Generations Captive group for how many years now has it been? And and Jimbo, maybe I don't know if you want to add a little color to the
3: um to the history there of generations and and Ari Lee in there. Well, I think it's it's been from 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 day one if if not uh day two. is very early on. I think they were founding members. So they've been a critical part of, of the group and um, a critical contributor to um, advancing the group to, to where we are. So um, it's always great to have those folks come on and talk to us.
0: Yeah, we talked with John Anderson, who, who's a part of running the Generations Captive, I guess a couple of podcast episodes back just a little bit about the evolution of risk and safety and as, as he talked about safety from the seventies. Um, and so, uh, and the kind of conversations about how we see so many of these captive members really be kind of on the, the, the cutting edge of, of how we think about risk and, and therefore kind of how we, how we act and, and what we do. And, and I guess the origin would be more of a kind of compliance based, um, for sure, which is necessary, but more of a compliance-based approach to managing risk, kind of an, you know, how many times have we heard when there's an accident, um, well, what, what was the root cause? And the root cause was the employee wasn't paying attention, uh,
3: mm-hmm.
0: or the employee wasn't following the rules. And a little bit of the evolution, as we discussed with John, was towards um, less of the blame shifting to employee and more about just trying to better understand um, what inputs resulted in the output of an incident. Um, and, and, and that there are percentages of culpability across the spectrum that, that lead to the event um, or percentages of contr- contributions that lead to the event outside of just the employee behavior, as Todd Conklin would say, that the employee just triggers latent conditions that already existed um, within the system. And so um, Interested to hear Arlene and Shalomith from you all because you all have really um, embraced and led the charge in, in some regards to getting employees after an incident to kind of s- sit down and, and talk through the event in in a in a as as kind of manner as possible. No matter what, it's pretty uncomfortable. But maybe if you guys could talk a little bit about the backstory from how incidents have traditionally been viewed and then what you guys started doing just a couple of years ago.
1: So you asked for the backstory. So if I'm going to tell you the backstory, it goes back way, way before that. So um, my style of parenting is to ask a lot of questions, by the way, that's my style of leadership as well. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when our kids would have a, a disagreement or a fight and they would come, you know, mommy, he hit me, you know, my question was always, well, what happened before that? What, <laughs> what, what happened before that? and what happened before that and eventually I had had this
0: conversation this morning so
1: if you ask that enough times you start to see a totally different picture and so this idea of these incident investigations on a job site um in some ways it feels like a reiteration of that but at a much um, more adult level and so it's a very natural progression I think in in our building
3: yeah and I think that the interesting thing about that is is exactly what we talk about in the past Sort of an accident investigation sort of evolves to sort of what happened. Like, oh well, you know, somebody got hit, somebody <laughs> fell off a ladder, uh, you know, somebody broke a leg, somebody, you know, got a particle in their eye, whatever, whatever it may be. And and all the focus stems around talking about that. And um, one of the things that we've learned is is that's really the least important and least interesting parts. It's, it's everything surrounding that. So I think you've you've nailed it
0: yeah the inclination too that 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 we've talked about in the past is i mean I think because business is busy and because there are a lot of competing interests for our time and attention, there's a huge inclination to just fix a, instead of learn and Arlene, what I love about what you said is that a big part of the investigation is learning as much as you can that's driven by creating a space in the time and, and pressing pause getting getting the 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 the, the right people at the table to have a conversation. And then I'm kind of digging into a curiosity about just learning about, about what contributed and, and to kind of get the, the whole picture, um, which is just incredibly valuable. So what do you guys, I mean, I guess this started sometime back, but um, I guess there's a few different directions we could go, but m- maybe start with um, the time we all sat down together and a little bit of insight into some of your um, hesitations about it if you had any um, what the experience was like for you all and then um, what kind of propelled you to, to do a few more of these
2: so i think whenever you go to initiate one of these events you're you want to pro- provide an environment that an employee feels safe in order to be honest and forthcoming and sometimes, what's counteractive, productive to that is the natural sort of human reaction for people to get a bit defensive um, after an incident. Because even if a, co- a company has a proven record of not taking a punitive approach to those types of unexpected events, there's still just a human reaction. I think that that kicks in, and so it's a challenge to make sure that you can um, provide an environment where the information that you really need to get to, to can, can come out. And then it's also kind of a unique um, situation if it involves a field employee because they're sometimes intimidated by the idea of sitting at a table with the CEO, the president, you know, all levels of the company. Um, so I think the really important first step is Being able to establish a a really good environment where everybody feels comfortable and and sort of not put on the spot and at ease. Um, And so, that event that we had with you, I really appreciated that you all um, encouraged that because we had done team learning events in the past, going all the way back to, I think it was in 2016, maybe, when I was at the um, Generations Workshop where I heard Todd Conklin speak for the first time. I was so impacted by his approach and the way he laid out, the way these team learning events can work. And it was in the months right after that, that we had a fairly significant incident for us as a company. And so that was um, in my tenure here at the company, that was the first one of those events that I'd led. And um, we got so much good information from that and we were able to turn um, a very serious injury into, a positive experience when it was all said and done, both from the employee's perspective, as well as for us as a company. But then the tendency was to only focus on the bigger events like that for team learning events, instead of just across the board, seeing how often we could implement these, regardless of the impact you know, severity of the injury. So it was a good nudge to get us back on track with doing that. And we've had um, two since then for really, Relatively, I, I won't say um, insignificant, but relatively minor injuries, and um, we've still been able to use a lot of, of good information. And it's really um, it, there's other you know benefits that come that you wouldn't even expect from that um, from those type of engagements.
1: And I think yeah. the first reaction of of um, the guys in the field and their immediate leadership is often, "Oh, well, that was a fluke. That's never going to happen again." And but as you start to dig in and peel back the layers on these and ask the five whys or all the layers of your onion, however you want to look at it, um, you really do find pearls of wisdom and um, it highlights either processes changes or um, equipment changes that that really would make a big difference happening.
0: Yeah, so what, what I think is interesting about that is the, the reality is when we look at when we do analyses on our clients' losses and What we see is not typically two any incidents that are the same from an outcome perspective. I think that's really important to note in this process of gathering leadership, you know, your foreman, your plant manager, your supervisor, superintendent, owner, president, CEO, risk, safety directors and managers, the injured employee, if appropriate. Um, Because what we see is there's very little, outcomes that are very few outcomes that are the same but the way i've always people are going to think this is terrible but i'm going to struggle through this the way i try to look at it is there are ingredients to every incident that overlap void of Mm -hmm. the outcome so two plus two equals four right two plus six eight different outcome but two ingredients is part of the equation on the left hand side that really are the same and so to your point and to the field folks' point, it's interesting because they might be right. They're, you might not see that exact same incident occur, but void of creating the place to have a conversation and learn about the ingredients that contributed, you, you don't enhance your ability to be more resilient to the next event that might take place. Um, so it's a great point and an interesting one.
3: I think the other thing, the other thing that takes me, Alex, um, and just having participated in one. With you guys is that all of a sudden you're having a conversation in a room with a group of people that that probably wouldn't have been involved in that conversation if it was just an accident investigation, and so you you know you're engaging people in your organization in a conversation about risk who that may be the first conversation about risk they've ever had. Yep, and and I think that's just really powerful
2: to, to just to further um, enhance that point you're making Jimbo. I think that's one of the best things that came out of our recent um, team learning event that we had um, because it, part of what we wanted to address was some of the company policies that weren't followed in terms of the reaction to the injury. And, it was a great opportunity for us to kind of understand the field perspective a little better on that. So we, we led off the team learning. I wanted to have kind of an analogy and I, I thought to just to get across the perspective of these events and why they're important. So we talked about the six blind men and the elephant parable where um, <laughs> you know, the one, yeah you know, they're all asked to describe the elephant and each six, people come up with a vastly different description of an elephant, but it's based on where on the elephant's body they're touching. And so it was the idea that we all fill different roles and we come at a situation or an event from different perspectives, but they're all actually equally valid. And so for the guys in the field who risk management, claims management and reporting is not a part of their regular task, they only have to maybe handle it once a year maybe. And so for them, it's clunky and it's complicated, it feels complicated to them sometimes in those first few seconds, like what do I do again? Whereas for me who handles it you know, more frequently and it's part of my job description to understand that process, it, it seems obvious to me. So that was one of the clear things that came out of it. But being able to have all those people in the room to share their perspective and have it validated that the reasons they did certain things were for good reasons based on you know, what they were doing at the time and where they were viewing or where they were sitting from and handling the situation. Um, so we came away with um, an experience where everyone saw that and felt like they could see from my perspective, the things that go into once an injury happens and the follow up, I could see from their perspective, you know, the aspects of how they handled it in the field and um, the field employee as well it was great because he um, has not always been real comfortable with social situations like that and he did fantastic and i think he came away finding it um, a much better experience than he anticipated and so at the end of the meeting i don't know if you agree would agree arlene but it was a very positive feel to it and we came away with some tangible things that we could do to improve Um, our situation, how we would handle those situations in the
1: future. And I think for those individuals in the room, you know, when they they come in and they're nervous and their arms are folded and they're kicked back and, you know, their lips are sealed and then to see them slowly relax and open up and when they do go back to the field um, or to whatever other role they might be here, um, they're bringing with them that, that experience and it's becomes a much greater culture building experience than just the investigation and what's in the room because they're going to talk to the other people on the job site and the next time a situation is going to come up, they're going to be more open and hopefully they're going to start thinking about all these different layers and how they build, creating a situation where an incident might happen. And maybe, maybe we won't even have the incident then. Yeah. so it's
3: like right it's like breaking down the the barriers of being sent to the office in high school <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it's finding just, out
1: you like the principal right <laughs>
3: yeah. well there's so much good and
0: so so many good things to pull from what you both said which are one of which i i hadn't re, re, really even thought about um, um but I, I do think that you know Shalomith to your point The interesting piece is, you know, like Tiger Fuel did a did an initiative a couple years ago that they called a Day in the Life, where they had different people from different roles from different locations um, across their business spend a day doing another person's job with them, and they said, "Man, the the thing that was so profound was the appreciation everybody had for what others do, because in the absence of doing it, you kind of go, well, man, I'm working really hard. What are they doing? And and so you kind of." Gave, give them a day in the life of, of you. Because I think oftentimes what we see is in many cases, safety professionals can get frustrated and um, there could be a fractious relationship with field employees because there's constantly this back and forth of, man, they didn't break the, they broke the rules. They don't understand. Um, and now it's like, man, when an incident happens peek into the window of, of what Shalomith has to navigate on a regular basis. And there's gotta be an appreciation. And then Arlene, to your point, what, What we've talked about a lot over the past few years um, is we tend to put a huge emphasis on what we can measure and and we tend to undervalue the things we can't. And so the measurable would be, hey, what did we fix out of this learning event experience, Uh, out of creating this learning team and tapping into the intellectual capital of our employees? Arlene, I I think your point is probably more profound than the piece that you can measure. I think the point of what is the employee, the unmeasurable thing is the employee goes back to the field and all of a sudden we go, man, we as a company and and our leadership takes risk and our quality of life really seriously. And that message is born of um, you all taking the time and creating the space to have the conversation and is is unawkward if that's a word way as possible, even though it's incredibly awkward, no matter, at least in my experience, no matter how you cut it. So I think both, both great points. And maybe a question I've got off of that is, how do you decide, what, how have you all decided how to, which events to investigate, to, to create this learning process um, for? Because there's no shortage, you know, in any organization. You could go for near misses, you could go for major accidents, you could go for minor ones, but What's kind of the litmus test for you all as to what you really spend time to to learn from?
2: So right now we're making an effort to investigate any incident in which an employee receives medical care, whether it's OSHA recordable or not. Um, And so obviously every incident gets investigated and and there's questions that get asked. Sometimes it's just me individually with all the team members and the employee gathering information. But in order uh, to really maximize the value of this sort of thing, it's best if it all happens together as a team. So we're really endeavoring to do that with any kind of incident for which a person gets medical treatment. And we've had a couple of these recently that are not OSHA recordables. They've gone, they um, have gotten treatment, it hasn't resulted in any lost time or modified duties, and they go back to work. But it was significant enough that we want to look at our processes, we want to look at um, the behaviors, um, where the employee was coming from, just to make sure that wherever we can, we can learn from it. Um, and I just want to make the point as well hopefully, this isn't too far off topic or off target from where you're headed, Alex that it really can't be um, emphasized enough the value you get from these because it dawned on me as I'm thinking about that one we had back in 2016. One of the Um, points we gleaned from that was that um, the superintendent in that um, on that job site had been working with a crew that over half of them were very new to the company and one of the reasons the incident happened was directly related to that and the amount of supervision he was having to um, do to kind of get these greener guys to the point that he needed them. And so one of the lessons that we came out from with that was that we needed to improve our mentoring process in the field. And here we are years later from that. And one of the things that was birthed from that um, is actually happening, which is our apprenticeship program. We're in the second year now of the apprenticeship program. And we had already established that as a goal, a long-term goal, but if anything, learning what we did from that and seeing that to c- continue to be an issue and an underlying issue in some of these incidents really helped push us in that direction. And so there's so much that can come, not just in the short term, but even in the long term that um, can impact the company in tremendously positive ways, not just with regards to safety, but you know, addressing the workforce shortages and um, that sort of thing. So I just wanted to add that layer on there that, um, if you do these team learning events and you can get the information you want, there can be just tremendous value in what comes out of them.
0: Yeah, so so that's a great point and, and a great kind of um, bridge to, to something to really think about, um, which is the idea of you don't know if you don't go. And I, I, I think about so many conversations that don't happen and so many things we don't learn if we don't create the vehicle and space and the time to learn and and one of the things that we've learned from doing a lot of these is that you don't often learn what you think you're going to learn in fact exactly to your point sometimes the unintended positive consequence of these is that perhaps the event itself isn't altogether that interesting maybe there's only a little bit we can learn from the event itself but a sidebar from that is a piece that contributes to a greater uh, equation or a puzzle on on another spectrum and so I think just creating the place to learn from the intellectual capital you've got within your organization is so, so critical. And and a big piece of that is just culturally as an organization, seeing your people as part of the solution um, and not solely as a part of the problem. When you guys are developing these, who who are the team members that you typically have sitting around the table as a part of these conversations where you're reviewing the event? And, and tell me a little bit about how you try to, and you, you hit on it a bit, but assuage the anxiety and the fear of the employee who comes in, Arlene, to your point, with their kind of arms crossed, and understandably so, you don't wanna be called to the principal's office ever. Um, but tell me a little bit about who's on the team, and and then how you kind of assuage their, their fear, if you will.
2: So we've had all members of, um, or all levels of the company at these events, all the way from Arlene to the president of the company. Usually there's a project manager or operations manager involved, superintendent, and field employee. Um, So, And we have had one of them without um, a field employee present because um, for various reasons, but um, we were also still able to get feedback from him um, to have as part of the discussion. Um, We did have a team learning event that did not involve the president or Arlene, but it was about a near miss. It wasn't um, an injury that actually resulted in um, medical care. And that was, but that was with the entire company. So it was for our facilities management company. So we have um, stand downs every two weeks or toolbox talk meetings. So we had the whole, all of the crews there. And I was so proud of the individual involved because I asked him ahead of time, would he be comfortable sharing the circumstances surrounding what had happened so that we could all learn from it and he was fine with it and he did an amazing job. He got up in front of his whole, you know, company colleagues, talked about what had happened and we were able to highlight the things he did right as well as the things that didn't go well because definitely with it being a near miss, there were obviously things that he did right that minimized the impact to what happened. So it was it was a tipping of a ladder, which could have been, you know, it was a six foot ladder. It could have been way more serious. He walked away without any injuries. It was definitely because of some things he did, right? To fall safer, um, to minimize the impact of what happened. And then he was very honest about what he saw as the things he would do differently to learn from that. So um, in that case, it wasn't, it didn't involve the president and Eileen, but it was um, company-wide for that division and it really really had a great impact on everyone his willingness to share and be honest.
0: Yeah that's great and I'm I'm reminded as we talk through this of, of kind of I'm sensitive to how um, those listening might say well how do you even get to the components and all the factors that contributed so that you can actually learn it and I and I recognize that is really really hard um, if you haven't had a few reps in it and Jimmo, maybe you could speak a little bit to some of Conklin's conversations around starting about context and starting at the beginning of the day. And, you know, when we do these, we break them out into, um, you know, buckets of the scope of the work, the equipment being used, the, you know, the employee and, and all, all the little all of the things that touch every part of the build up to that day on that day. And historically. So I don't know if you can speak a little bit to the context piece.
3: Yeah. So I think, you know, I think the simple part would be is that context is everything. And so often um, we we cut out the context and just go to the specific event. And so we're talking about a, you know, something that happened probably in a few seconds. You know, somebody slips off a ladder and we get very focused on what, what happens with that. And, and, and maybe we, maybe we go back in time a little bit. Um, but in this case, we might go back days in advance. And, and I know specifically with the, the um, one that we looked at with, with these guys, we were talking about things that were happening in the, in the shop, um, in the, in the warehouse, um uh, maybe a week or or two before the event ever happened. And Mm -hmm. so I think one of the things that comes out is is you really have to view this as not just, you know, where did sort of safety break down, but what are the operational challenges that exist that really create an environment where uh, these latent conditions, if you will, um, create the right chance, circumstance, <laughs> inches and seconds for something to happen. And so I think you're getting perspectives from people who wouldn't have been in the conversation. I think you're talking about timeframes before and maybe after even that that you never contemplated as, as having any impact or any importance. Um, and so I think the more time that you're willing to commit to it, the wider that you're willing to um, open the net means the more value that you're going to get out of it, and that that takes a commitment that, in these guys, to these guys' credit, um, that they've they've embraced. And um, you know, probably each time you do it, you get a little bit better and you go a little bit further. But I'd be interested in y'all's feedback on that because um, not only are you having learning teams, um, you're learning about your learning teams. And, and improving
2: them. So I think we've learned this last one. I, 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 I plan to use those, the six blind men in the elephant parable because I think it really got the point across and I even had a little visual with it. And I also had some more visuals because I think that um, they're good teaching aids. Um, I, I, I plan to maybe beef up that content a little bit because like Alex said, there's common things you can identify Um, Even though every accident or injury is different, um, there's common things you you can identify. So I think teaching aids like that are really helpful to keep the content um, from being too dry or boring and to make it something memorable. Interestingly, I think that um, one of the things we're learning from COVID is that um, sometimes the online virtual connection makes employees feel a little safer um, attending some of these meetings.
1: I don't know that
2: we would always use that for team learning events. I'm not suggesting that. But I do know that sometimes when guys are in the field, the idea of coming into a large conference room and sitting down at a table with a bunch of people can be a little intimidating. So for this particular individual, I think it gave him a little bit of a comfort level in attending the event. And that might be something we'll just keep in the back of our mind that, um, you know, job sites are busy, schedules are busy. So when it's a a matter of, well, you know, we're just so busy, we don't have the time for this. And that's an alternative to be able to offer, but also to ease the nerves maybe a little bit of, of some of the field level employees attending these, that it would be an option we might consider going forward.
0: Yeah, that's just, that's such a, I mean, that's one of those, that's exactly the point is that that's, that's a learning for me that I wouldn 't have anticipated, but it makes complete sense and I think about that in the context of meetings that I've had um, over the past few weeks with clients and prospective clients on topics that can be challenging to articulate and 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 a little overwhelming to try to convey and yet when you 're in the comfort of your own home where you feel safe and comfortable, and in this context, you've got an employee whose comfort level and zone is really where they go every day, on the job site, in the field. And that's just a great point and a subtlety and a nuance that in the absence of doing this type
3: of thing, you just, you just don't ever know. I just had this visual while she was talking about that of, of entering the courtroom. (laughs) And, and so it's just so perfect. Um, you know, that is just such a, a subtlety that, um, you know, you you don't you you don't pick up on unless unless you do it, and and maybe it's it's one of those awkward components that you have to come over. And you know, Chad Chad says you got to get awkward, and I think um, this whole event learning process is is just naturally awkward because it's such a shift from what's traditionally been done. Um, but once you sort of cross that divide and and begin to tweak some of those elements, it really becomes something that that people can embrace and 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 not be awkward at all and you know sounds like as y'all are going through this and tweaking it it is becoming a little bit more of the way you guys do business and that that bleeds out to uh you know the people in the company who goes you know that's that's the way we roll and I don't need to fear it
1: well you know it, it goes beyond that even because it becomes so internalized Um, I had an injury in February, right after I saw you guys last, that was a fairly significant fracture. And um, I did an investing in, (laughs) I did an accident investigation um, with myself over all of the different pieces and layers and parts. And, you know, I have a plan for how maybe not to let that situation (laughs) develop again. So it really becomes internalized just in your life, not just in your business.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I just feel like the, a little bit of the goal is continuous improvement, and 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 as we say, progress not perfection. And and a big part of this process is understanding, especially for a company like you guys. I mean, you guys operate at a, at a razor's edge. I mean, you're you're as I mentioned at the top, it, it really on the front line of managing risk well, and, and that's born of the activities and the inputs you've created, the culture that's in place and that's constantly evolving, and, and that shows in the outcomes. Um, but at that point, it becomes a game of inches. And so leveraging, um, leveraging the knowledge of your employees and, and them as a solution and creating these spaces to have conversations for learning, you just don't know if you don't go. And, and I think one of the callings for all organizations is to try to marry the ideal with the real. And, and this platform, these learning teams are, are a really great vehicle to, to try to figure out, here's the expectation. but how realistic is that to execute? And, and then if it's not, how do we adapt? Because Jimbo and I with COVID have talked a lot over the past few weeks about how critical adaptability is. Um, and that's really well that, that that's really well done um, in an in an organization where you've got exactly what you guys are are building and have built and are talking about.
3: And I think, you know, one thing that occurred to me while you were talking, Alex is that, you know the old traditional accident investigation is kind of built and formed around the supposition that, that the way you design your system is right. And, and you're trying to figure out how, how that expectation wasn't lived up to. Hmm. And, and what this process is doing is saying, no, we're going to throw that out the window. And we're going to say that, that, that the system and, and the design that we may have had, or that we expected to have wasn't the right one. Um, or, or it was flawed and and we're gonna we're gonna admit that and we're gonna be flexible and adaptable to going um we 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 need to make some changes and in some enhancements And, and i think that fundamentally is is a lot of the shift is is that it's not just you didn't follow our standard and therefore you got hurt it's let's let's understand all of the influences that went into this all the 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 little tiny elements of context that that go into uh, this event so we can tweak those things further down the line and they're going to prevent all sorts of potential problems into the future jimbo i've got to
0: to round this out i've got a question arlene and and Shalomith, for you because that really brought me back jimbo your comments to a question i posed to todd when we recorded with him a, a couple weeks ago a week or two ago and it was Why don't, why do you think that organizations and leadership, they don't create these places to, to, because it is a vulnerable place. We've talked a lot about the worker coming in and and the awkwardness and how uncomfortable they are, but you as, as leadership do really create kind of a vulnerable space for yourselves. What, what is it that allows even with the potential? And his response was, you know, I think a lot of leaders are, are just fearful um, of what they might learn. And and so don't even want don't even want to know, and so what is it from you all's perspective that allows you to kind of step over that obstacle and, and proceed anyhow?
1: Well, I think you're right on on that fearfulness and you know people tend to want to avoid conflict, and so that kind of a conversation feels like a conflict driven conversation <laughs> and um, something that I um, like to think about and, and it, it tags into Shaloma's elephant metaphor nicely is that um, when there's an incident, it's really obvious that there's an elephant in the room. And that question of, do we see the same elephant? And um, being able to have that conversation um, and and have it be um, about a small elephant, maybe not let it be a big elephant. And when you don't talk about the elephant that's in the room, the elephant gets bigger and bigger and bigger and fills the room. And so our goal on this conflict piece is that you know, to approach it from a conflict resolution approach and using those kinds of tools because it um, it kind of breaks things down and takes that, that fear out and takes the conflict piece out of it. So it just becomes a conversation then.
0: Yeah, I love that. And, and I'm really encouraged by that. I'm encouraged by by you all's continued efforts on this front and particularly in the, in, 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 you know, particularly as you're part of a group that continues to feed off of each other and evolve and progress based off of seeing what other members are doing. And there's just such strength in in that type of unity and progression. And so um, thank you guys for, for leading so well on that front.
3: Yeah. And I would, I would just say as a, as a little kudos to you guys, um, when, when you allowed us, Alex and I to, to come in and participate and, and it was, Frankly, it was one of you. You guys were one of the early adopters of this that we've been trying to to push out to others, and and you know we were learning along with you, and we walked out uh, out into the parking lot afterwards and just said, man, that was that was really special, and so kudos to you guys for taking a little bit of a leap of faith and moving forward, and thanks for allowing us to come along for the journey, and and hopefully we can continue to. Uh, Connect on on your developments and and the little subtleties of of how you're improving the process.
2: Yes, I, I I agree, and you're forgetting the one critical piece to some of our conversations, which is usually we're able to really um, talk about our preferences for seltzer water and come out with some finer points on that as well.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that. Well, it's um we we just appreciate. I I echoed. Um, Jimbo's sentiments and and really appreciate you guys appreciate what you're doing and, and thanks on a Friday for taking the time to to spend 45 minutes with us thank you it thank
2: was you. a privilege
0: it'll
3: be Have the best nice part
0: day. of our Friday <laughs> sorry day
1: weekend that's
0: right you too well for the folks uh listening in thanks for taking the time I'm sure you enjoyed it and um feel free to reach out with any questions to anybody on this line
3: particularly Jimbo Redmond um, <laughs> But, uh, everybody have my, a- my email address is ashaw at scott Ines.
0: <laughs> all right thanks everybody hope you have a great week and we will catch you uh next time